Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. All right, guys, welcome back to part two of our Transformers podcast. Uh, we, in the first one, we decided to do all the first four movies. Uh, Parker put in a lot of time and effort and decided to write a plot synopsis of each one of the movies, and it hurt like hell as he went through them and they just kept on going. And I knew when I got into this that I was going to have to sit through some bad movies, and he made me sit through Transformers 5, practically with a gun cocked in my head. And I gotta tell you, I, I can't do that again. I, I can't ever watch that movie again. I don't know if I can do a lot more of these movies. I, I can't go into a movie that's longer than my workday to begin with. But this one was just so hard to sit through. It's one of the ones where it... Tell you what, I won't get into how much I hate it yet... I'm going to do my own plot synopsis, and you, the expert of lore, can keep me honest. Are you ready? Chris, I cannot wait for you to tell me what this movie's about. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. As far as I can remember, it started in the Middle Ages, which is a great <laughs> sign. And they, they were talking... It, it sounded like Anthony Hopkins was doing a voiceover, something about the great perils of our time have all been born out of chaos or something like that it, it, it was the most generic vague bullshit statement i've ever heard in my life and i was like yeah that that could mean anything that could be slavery that could be the chinese revolution that could be the american revolution that could be vietnam whatever you're right chris it could be all those so it opens in england during the dark ages and king arthur is there and already i know i'm not in for a good time <laughs> king arthur is fighting someone I don't know who he's fighting. The movie doesn't really tell us who he's fighting. And he might be winning or he might be losing. We can't really tell. And he says he needs Merlin. And he's like, yeah, Merlin would be really helpful right now. I was like, I thought Merlin was a wizard. He didn't really use a sword very much. But what do I know? I can barely read. So it cuts to Merlin. And he, Arthur's wise men, or whatever, his little advisors, his whispering vizier say, Oh, Merlin, he's a drunk. I was like, no, you don't understand. He's a wizard. Then it cuts to Merlin, and he's actually a drunk. And it's played by Stanley Tucci, uh, a.k.a. Tuchifer, to... Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> to, to show us that Merlin is, in fact, a drunk. And he's... This is where I noticed that I really hated the movie. I wasn't even, like, four minutes into the movie. I was like, oh, this is not good. Because he doesn't use any magic. He's just there drinking and on his horse and riding around. And this is... It's not just the writing that I hate. It's the editing. Because it'll be, like, filming him and he'll say or do something stupid. And then it'll cut to itself. It goes right back to that scene. It's just the really terrible editing. It reminds me of those YouTube videos where they'll just cut to themselves whenever there's some sort of like one second break, no sort of pause or anything. I hate that kind of editing and they decide to do it in a major motion picture. They spent like a billion dollars making this movie and that's the kind of editing that they have. 
So Merlin, best as I can remember, opens up a cave and inside is like an ancient transformer and <laughs> he he talks Sorry. to him. And he talks to the Transformer, and he's like, look, we could really use your help right now. And I was like, what in the world am I watching? Are all the other movies like that? And I learned in the last podcast that, yeah, they're pretty much all like that. Yeah, correct. And I don't think... Par for the course. Yeah, and I I didn't really know what was going on, and I don't think the Transformer said anything, which is probably for the best, because I would have asked how he learned English. But he (laughs) summons up, like... I think it's a dragon transformer or something. Or wait. No, he gave he gave him he gave him a stick. He gave him a really big stick. And with the stick, he was able to summon the dragon who came along and he helped one of the people win the war. I don't know if it was King Arthur or it was, it was the other guys. It was impossible to tell. Did I get anything wrong in the Middle Ages segment of Transformers the Last Night? That all checks out. I mean, you didn't mention that the dragon has three heads, and that's probably important to oh, somebody. Okay, the dragon had three heads. Did it have a name? It's a good question. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's a great question. Uh, smash cut to the present day. Uh, we're in outer space, uh, which is not <laughs> a great sign, and we see Optimus Prime just kind of floating by, and the first thing I thought was, man, something heavy must have gone down in the first movie. I don't know what he's doing. So he's just floating through space, just completely frozen. And I'm like, huh, I thought he was like the face of the franchise. Maybe we'll see a lot more of him. Maybe this will be like Interstellar or something. And then we go to Planet Earth and Optimus Prime isn't there. Um, So this is really tough for me because the movie begins sort of in medias res. It's just like it's expecting you to get everything here. But even then it gives a lot of exposition. It's like, yeah, Transformers are now illegal. And I'm, I'm looking around like, guys, we are in big trouble. I'm seeing in a Transformers movie. So the government is having a crackdown on all the Transformers. When I was growing up, there were there were two kinds of Transformers. There were Decepticons and Autobots. And I couldn't tell them apart, but I knew that one of them was bad. So now they just decide, ah, forget it. We're confusing them too. We're just going to make them all bad. And now they're all illegal. I, I don't know how you put handcuffs on a Transformer. I think those guys could probably kill us all. So I don't know how the how the military plans to do it. But Chris, I have a question for you. Oh, what is so it? So you came into this as part five, your first movie. Yeah. So you would hope, like, man, it's number five. I hope there's, like, a flashback to explain things. Did you think the flashback would just be King Arthur and Merlin instead of explaining why Optimus Prime was floating in space? I knew that that was going to happen at some point because I saw the trailer. That's one of the things that made me say I was like, oh, Optimus Prime is going to help out King Arthur with a sword. Never happens in the movie. Did you feel cheated and angry at me specifically? As soon as the opening credits rolled. Good. So, I I don't know where the Decepticons are. It's kind of easy to tell them apart because the Decepticons are almost always colored black. I wonder why that is. And the (laughs) Autobots are... They have multiple colors. They're still colored kind of dark, though. And, I don't know, I don't like that. Anyway, uh, the Autobots are kind of hard to find. I'm like, huh, where are all the... Where are all the Transformers? And there are these little kids walking around what looks like Dubai. And it's, I don't know, it might as well be America for all I can tell. It's really difficult to tell. It looks like a war zone. And they come across this girl who I swear must be 12. Her name Wait a is, second. Wait. Aren't they in Chicago? They might be. I have no idea. I wasn't paying attention. God damn it. <laughs> I paid attention through four of these. How dare you? It might. It could have been Hong Kong for all I know. 
Um, that means 50-50 shot, yeah. Okay, so in Chicago, I suppose, there's a bunch of kids, and they're looking around, and they have their fidget spinners, and their Pokemon Go's, or whatever, and they come across a Transformer. I'm like, oh, badass, he's gonna kill them all. Then, like, a little 12-year-old girl named Isabella, spelled with a Z, not an S, or a dollar sign, or an emoji. It's like the one joke in the movie I remember, I didn't laugh at it. Uh, she comes by and she's like, you guys gotta get out. The military's gonna kill you all. And uh, then she protects him. And there's this one little kid who's like hitting on her the entire time. And I'm like, dude, you, you just got shot at. Could you like think with your big head for a change? Anyway, I don't like Isabella at all because apparently she's like some sort of savant when it comes to repairing Transformers. Again, she's like 12. I'm 27. I barely know how to repair my car. And you can't just get that way just being around Transformers the entire time. you got to have, like, a training manual or something. She doesn't have any parents or anything. And the absolute worst part of this is that, besides, like, the racism and xenophobia that Michael Bay typically shows, at least of what you've told me in the last podcast, I'm pretty sure he was trying to sexualize this little girl. Like, she was wearing a kind of low-cut top for a 12-year-old, and there was glycerin splayed on her upper torso. Why were you doing that, dude? I think you and I both know good and well why he's doing that. I'm pretty sure he's a pedophile. Anyway. So I have a question for you about that scene. Go ahead. So, we have a youngish girl, younger than you would prefer to see with her titties glowing. But, you know, it's, that's how movies work now. So yep. we have a little girl, she has no parents, and she's good with robots, and she has a little robot friend, right? Oh, I forgot about the little robot friend. Thank you for keeping me honest. Hey, Chris, did you ever see The Force Awakens? So did he. Okay, moving on. Ha-ha! <laughs> got you, bitch. Yes. Anyway, uh, they, they're fighting the military, the military, and they're running around, and then all of a sudden, who could enter the scene but Mark Wahlberg? He comes no, in No, 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 no. Say it. I can't yet, because... Say it. He, Cade Yeager. Yes. Here's the thing. He comes in there, and I think it's just Mark Wahlberg. I'm expecting them to call him Mark Wahlberg. And I think they just call him the guy, like it's like it's Spy Kids 3D or something like that. What and the he, fuck? He, <laughs> Don't think I wasn't going to mention that at some point during a podcast. Come on. <laughs> he's going around, he's helping them, and he's yelling at the military, and the military destroys Bumblebee, and Bumblebee recreates himself. And I just called a giant robot that transforms into a car Bumblebee. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And B. He calls him B. That's the dumbest thing. I mean, I don't know which one is worse, calling him Bumblebee or just calling him B. Regardless, uh, Mark Wahlberg's yelling at them, and they they get, they get away from the military somehow. I don't remember how they do it, but he saves the kids, and the little boys go their own way, and the girl decides to follow him, and you find out at some point that his name is Cade Yeager. and. Yeah. I, I didn't want to believe that was true. I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. This is like in that M. Night Shyamalan movie, After Earth, where they had Will Smith playing Cypher Rage. I was like, what is this, written by a third grader? Wow, nice pull on Cypher Rage there. I, I'm proud of you. I don't know how I remembered that. Uh, it's not a very good movie. Don't see After Earth. But yeah, now... Let's see The Last night. Please don't. So, okay, so just to catch up. So we started the movie with King Arthur. Then we got to an underage girl and a bunch of jokes of a little boy wanting to fuck that underage girl. And then he, that little boy leaves the movie forever, correct? Right, but I was happy about that. I didn't like him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. But 
It almost makes you wonder why even have a joke about sexualizing a child when it has no importance to the plot. That does make anything. me wonder. Like, that, why? that makes me think that a lawsuit ought to be brought. Why did I see this in XD on a massive screen in 3D and see a 14-year-old's tit shoved in my face? What is XD? Why is my life like... <laughs> it's like IMAX, but at Cinemark, so it doesn't cost $30. I don't have to drive to downtown Dallas. Oh, there you, you go. Silly goose. <laughs> now I know. So he lives in the desert now. By he, I mean Katie Yeager. Mm. And Isabella decides to follow him and yell at him. And he has a daughter. This is important. Remember, he has a daughter. But we never see her, or hear her, or know her name. <laughs> His um, hot 17-year-old daughter from the last movie. Who doesn't exist, because she's not... They, they, I think they literally phoned in her lines. They called her up and was like, shit, we need some emotional connection. Please read the lines over here. And she's like, listen, Dad, I really miss you. Page two. And we need to come back together, and I'll see you again. And Paige, they, you're paying me for this, right? And then her phone call just cuts out. And I think they decided to just use that take of the movie. So this leads to one of several pools of despair of the movie. He lives in the desert with in what appears to be an auto repair shop, but all the Autobots, they're the good guys. Okay, Autobots, good guys. Correct, yes, uh, good guys. The Autobots are there, and they start roughhousing with each other. I am so sick of Transformers horseplay, and I've only seen one movie. You're sick. How fucking, <laughs> how dare you? They're just. I've seen more robotic horseplay in my goddamn life than you can imagine. I I'm just so sick of it. It's they're, they're just talking to each other and, and shooting each other and wrestling and stuff. And I'm like, boy, this isn't nearly as cool as I thought it would be. I thought giant robots yeah. wrestling that would be pretty kick ass. Apparently, one of the robots, it's played by John Goodman. I didn't know that. One of the other ones, it's played by Steve Buscemi. Couldn't even tell. And I've got one of those fucked up brains that doesn't recognize people by their face or name. I recognize people by, like, the sound of their voice. I still couldn't tell. Two actors with really distinctive voices. I couldn't tell that that was them. Are you sure it's not just your autism that doesn't let you recognize people? And Maybe. I don't know. So they're they're yelling at each other, and there's a Transformer dragon. He's like huge. I'm like, wait, is that the one from like the the beginning of the movie? And then I was like, oh wait, it's more like a T Rex. And that was like the one from Transformers Four, which I distinctly remember you saying, I want to see this just because it's Optimus Prime riding a giant robotic T Rex. Are you gonna rub my fucking nose in this every chance you get? Yes. We've all made mistakes, Chris. And, well, evidently I did too, because you watch it in the T-Rex. I don't think you ever see him again for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, boy, that, that would be pretty cool to, to see again. And it gets worse because he lives in a trailer. He, Cade Yeager, lives in a trailer, drinks Bud Light. Don't forget that was Bud Light. That was not Miller Light. That was not Dos Equis. That was not Sam Adams. That was Bud Light by uh, your local convenience store. And he's sitting there drinking the Bud Light, and Isabella comes in, and he's got baby robot T-Rexes. How, how, do, how does the T-Rex make baby T-Rexes? It's a really good question, Chris. So she convinces him that he needs to... I really don't remember what she convinces him that he needs to do. That he needs to, what, find his purpose or be the chosen one or something like that? Well, it's at this point where they're sitting in his house... And he looks over, picks up the TV remote, turns it on, and then asks her where her dead parents are. Oh, now I remember. 
Hey, what's up with your family? As he watches NASCAR. It is it is astonishing how good of an impression you do of Mark Wahlberg, because really his his voice in this is it sounds just like he did in the happening. And well, that was I'm also of, a Texas inventor. I invent content, he invents robots. So like we're kind of distant blood relatives if you think about it i'm really happy that you told me that he was an inventor in the fourth movie too because at this point i thought oh he's an inventor that's like a cover story for being like a secret agent right and you told me yeah in the fourth movie <laughs> no. he never actually invents anything or everything he invents sucks i didn't see him invent anything in this movie either correct so really he's just an engineer without a patent sure we'll call it that i guess Anyway, what happens? He's in the desert, and... Oh, speaking of better movies you'd rather watch, did you see a movie earlier this year where, like, this tiny Hispanic girl stows away with this, like, older hero to go on, like, exciting adventures? Yeah, that... Rem- <laughs> so, it's like all the movies you wish you were watching instead, but worse and louder and dumber. And longer. Regardless, Fucking he's... Eternity. What, what did, what I wish this movie ended the same way as Logan. What, what the hell does he do once he's in the desert? Oh wait, he gets a he gets a little toy. Was it? He gets a little talisman, right? And he gets a talisman. Oh yeah, Steve Buscemi robot gives him Starscream's head for How some reason. How could you Why tell do I which remember one was which? My life's a nightmare, Chris. Okay, I don't know what to tell yeah, you. So I don't. <laughs> and the talisman is apparently from the Middle Ages, and it just survived this long. So thing belongs in a museum. Now it's in Cade Yeager's hands. <laughs> And uh, Smash Cut, Optimus Prime, back again. He's floating in space, and he lands somewhere. He lands on Ultron, Unicron, Cybertron. I know you're just trying to bug me, and I'm not going to let it work. I'm looking it up. It's Cybertron. And uh, he has (laughs) the next sentence, sentence. he is held down by the Inferno Cons. (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck? That's not a thing in this movie. How dare you? I don't know what that is. That's not a... Those aren't words that are ever said. <laughs> the, not once. What the fuck is an Inferno God? Okay, so she's know. in this movie. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a pet, another bad guy in this movie. It's uh, a Transformer goddess, basically. She's like sure. an ethereal robot spirit who's also made of metal, so, you know... And she's like the mother of all Transformers. I don't know how this works. But she's also really small. So, I mean, hey, compared the to first like... Movie? Compared they were to, made by the AllSpark? It doesn't I matter. I really don't remember. And Correct. Maybe she... Maybe like the AllSpark was a guy and she was a girl. And, you know. Gross. I, I wouldn't know the rest of the details. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Uh, her name... You could make it more obvious. Because I don't understand. Her name, I have to admit, I guessed on it. Turns out I was right. It's Quintessa, which... How does that feel? Not good. Uh, anyway, you can she, just she call her the prime of life if it's easier for you. Yeah, she she talks to him and she's like, "Look, you seem kind of down in the dumps." He's like, "I am," and she's like, "Why are you down in the dumps? <laughs> because I have no home." And he's she's like, "You should probably kill all the humans." And he's like, mm, I, "You know, last time I I said I would destroy all the humans or that I was tired of protecting humanity in the fourth movie." didn't go over so great she's like you should do it anyway you know and he he does that he he becomes nemesis prime instead of optimus prime so now you say that one more time with more vigor i want to hear you say it he becomes his name he becomes nemesis prime instead of optimus prime there's a difference thank you 
The yeah, difference is he has red. purple <laughs> eyes, and now he wants to kill humans instead of protect them. They're purple, that's right. Oh my god. Was he even really into protecting humanity in the first few movies? Was that like his really big thing? He was like a real hero? Or was he just doing it because he wanted to destroy the Decepticons? Chris, that's a really good question. I had to think about what they were called. <laughs> so, <laughs> alright, go back to Earth. Um, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? What the hell happened? Okay, I, the last thing I remember is that Megatron is found under a bridge, I think actually back in Chicago. And you told me that he was dead and had his head removed or something? Correct. So is this like the original Megatron, or is it like replacement trans... Uh, That's a good question, Chris. Well, he's talking to another Transformer, whose name I don't remember, and he's like, oh, let's let's talk to the military. They're, they're our friends now, the ones who are hunting all the Transformers. So the military, who again is hunting all the Transformers, meets with a Transformer and decides to release some of his Transformer friends. The idea being that by releasing these guys, they can get the rest of the Transformers, and then they can take down the Transformers that they released. Yeah, that about checks you out. You gotta spend money you to make confused. money. So exactly. they meet in the middle of the desert with Megatron. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> Fuck. They're, they're just in the middle of the desert and they're talking with Megatron and it's like a, it's a prison release thing. He's like, I want all my friends released from prison. And they're like, let's go through them one by one. I was like, why would you go through them one by... Oh, no. And then they started ripping off Suicide Squad. I mean, if you're gonna, like, copy a movie of what we talked about, Logan and Star Wars. But as far as I remember, only one of the three movies we've mentioned has won an Oscar. Checkmate. Fuck! All right. <laughs> Life's a nightmare, isn't it? Chris? It is. So, uh, so they show each one of his little Decepticon buddies one by one, even with that stupid little name graphic, so you know who it is. I couldn't remember any of them, uh, except for Mohawk. Mohawk is a transformer with a, a robot Mohawk, and he transforms into a motorbike. And he says "mofo" a lot because it's a PG thirteen, and you can only get one non-sexual fuck. Which, uh, but you can say shit forty-seven times. Yeah, which seems excessive for a movie for children. I I would agree. And full so you stop. Say you only remember Mohawk. <laughs> Mohawk. But you was forgot a... Nitro Zeus. Who's okay? <laughs> I have to admit, I because I remember <laughs> belly laughing out of sheer embarrassment in the theater. Okay, there was <laughs> Nitro Zeus. This was the scene that made me want to get up and leave. Like, the, I, I just wanted to text you, because you hadn't seen it yet, like, hey, change of plans, man, I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> I was considering it, but I was boxed in, so I, I couldn't physically leave the theater. So I was... Oh, there were no restraints that could keep me in that seat if I wanted out I was, after fucking Nitro Zeus. I was watching Mohawk the the motorcycle who says mofo again he kept saying mofo i haven't heard that word since i was in eighth grade there were, there were other ones there was uh i'm looking here it says onslaught was there i wouldn't let out a transformer whose name was onslaught that seems like a bad idea right off the bat but we have to hunt down the autobots that helped us for a decade so let's release berserker no they didn't release berserker they uh dreadbot and Berserker oh, <laughs> were the two ones that they refused. And I remember, I think it was Onslaught was the one that they mentioned. And their Megatron was like, I want Mohawk. And they were just like, yeah, sure, that motorcycle guy? God, take him off our hands. I want Nitro Zeus. And they're like, that's a real transfer. Fine, whatever, you get him. 
And uh, he's like, I want Berserker. And they're like, no, you don't get him. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll move on. They fucking tease that he's too strong, and then he doesn't come back in the end. That's not how movies work. Well, there's others. They also said... God uh, damn it. He said, I want Onslaught. And it cuts to Onslaught just being a general terror, just like destroying everything in his path. They're just like, what? No, you don't get Onslaught. He's going to kill everybody. And then he slams his sword on the ground right next to the guy. And they're like, okay, I guess we'll think about it. It was like, boy, you guys are easily persuaded. So... You don't tease that someone's so powerful the government's like, no, you can't have them. And then not have them show up in the third act. Now, this I do remember. After that, it shows all the Megatron buddies, uh, the Megatron mob, going out into the streets to battle, I guess, the Autobots. Oh, hang on a second, Chris. I have a question for you about his friends there. Yeah, what what about... Now, you see, we meet a bunch of them, and one of them has a giant gold chain and he talks with an urban accent. Where did he learn that accent? Oh my god, did he... I th- The implication is that he learned that in prison, isn't it? Um, so... So the battle spills out into the streets, right? Right, the, the battle's in the streets. We're not going to touch that scene. And the, the battle's no in the streets, reason. and the Autobots are hiding, which is what I want to see giant robots that transform into fast cars do, uh, is hide from all the action. And... Right. I don't know, Megatron's chasing him down or something, and the stupid little girl goes out in the middle of it, and they try to kill a 12-year-old girl. It's like, what kind of movie is this? I mean, I don't like her. I mean, don't I mean, don't get it twisted here. But uh, Cade Yeager is going along, and I don't even remember what happens to that battle. So that battle ends or whatever. The, the Mega- oh, yeah, I remember. Megatron and his buddies, they all... They, they just scamper away. They're like, retreat. I was just like, what? That's not what bad guys do. They try to kill everybody. And they, they were just like, ah, forget it. So they, they just go away for a little bit. Smash cut to England. We've got... Jesus Christ. A, an attractive model. Uh, of, uh, an attractive female model whose name I don't remember. I don't know her actress's name. I certainly don't remember the character's name. She's playing Polo. And that never comes back in the rest of the movie. Just I, She's playing Polo. And she scores a, I don't know, a goal, a wicket. I don't know what they call it. And one of her... <laughs> Shit, took me a second. <laughs> and <they're... laughs> She has a male teammate for something, so I guess it's like, what, one of those inner squad challenges? And I don't know, she comments that he's always out of position. He comments that she's always single. And I'm like, her? Really? Like, you look at her and she's like, how has this girl ever been single? She, she looks like she's she could have anyone she wants. And then we realize, oh, she's awkward. She parks her car and she knocks over some bikes. Yeah, that's the reason I've never had human contact either. It's because of my stutter. Yeah, it's it's because it's I'm awkward. And she's also a professor with like a PhD, an MBA, and whatever. All these other like qualifications, doctorates, and she knows so much about boring ass history and what kind of job what kind of job can she get museum guide she goes around telling people that king arthur never actually existed and merlin was just a trickster and stuff so all the stuff we saw in the beginning of the movie didn't actually happen i was like too late too late you You can't pull this you cannot pull this trick on me i fucking saw it there were robots exactly You, you can't pull the trauma from my eyes now it's gonna be stuck in my heart for the rest of my life and then we find out her fucking dad has a whole study just devoted to Merlin. Exactly. What the fuck is this movie? 
Well, let's not so get ahead of ourselves. So she's in there's England. Two things I've got here. At this point, like what a half hour into the movie, would you say? I don't know. It, time doesn't. Time isn't judged on a linear scale when you're sitting in a Transformers movie. Well, at this point, we're anywhere between thirty minutes and three hours in. I don't know who is what, who wants what, who's on what side, or why anything's happening. And I honestly don't care. I just want it to end. And Chris, do you know that feeling like when something reminds you of like an embarrassing moment in your past and you get douche chills and just kind of... Every second of every day, yes, go on. Every time you start describing a new scene, I just feel that, oh god, that happened. Because <laughs> exactly. I've repressed so much of this movie in these last two weeks. Every scene transition physically hurts me. Exactly. So she's so she's talking to, I guess, her mom and her oh, mom's God friends. God damn it. it! Happened again. Yeah. So she's talking to her mom and her mom's friends, and they're like, "Look, you really need to get laid." And she's like, "I have books." <laughs> and the the old ladies were trying so hard to be funny. They were trying really, really hard to be funny. They're talking about like. I don't know, they went into, like, the personal ads or something in the paper. They are just like, oh, this man has a dungeon. He's looking for a dungeon. It's like, you're trying really hard to make a BDSM joke, aren't you? And I was just like, come on, go ahead and just, like, go out there and do it. No one was laughing. It was, like, dead silent in the theater. It was, like, one of the opening days for the movie. It was packed. No one was laughing. It was pure crickets at every single joke. I, I, I couldn't imagine. Anyway, she... I don't know how it happens, but she got kidnapped. She walked into her car... It was a real. Oh, I, I want to talk about this, all right? Because I don't know what happened here, and, and I, I I feel weird. I keep thinking about it, and I'm tasting metal, and I can't sleep at night. And this is what happened. She walks into her stupid little British car, and she gets in, and the door closes by itself, and it locks her in there. And she's like, "What's going on?" And the car like <laughs> takes off, and she's like, oh, "Oh goodness, oh good old Bob the Queen!" And like, she's driving along. She's going really fast, faster than that car can go. And I, I don't know why. And she's like, well, are you taking me? And the car starts talking to her. I'm like, oh, it's a Transformer, you see. And then she's chasing along on, on a road, going really fast. The car gets out of view. And then you see an orange car behind her. And all of a sudden, she's in the orange car. I was like, wait, that car was black to begin with. How did it become a completely different make, model, year, and color? And she's in the orange car, and I don't know, and she's in the trunk of the orange car. She was originally in the front seat of the black car, now she's in the, the back, in, in the trunk of the orange car. If you want to do, like, a Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious would do that in, like, five seconds, and you'd see every detail of it, and you would have been like, that is so cool. They would have used, like, real stuntmen and everything, it would have looked awesome. And this, she just goes from one car to another, and you never know it, and it's in, like, one second span. Well, you see, Chris... When a Transformer passes a car that looks really cool and that a certain like company might be selling at the time the movie's released, it can just scan it and then it becomes that car. Are you fucking cool? serious? Yeah. I no, because I actually have to believe you at this point. You told well, me Chris, a Transformer. Forget in the first that, movie. You told me a Transformer was too. Okay, I'll let you finish. Just br- I need you to breathe for me. I need you to breathe, Chris. It's going to be okay. okay. We're going to get through this. We're not even an hour in, so just take a deep breath. So that actually... Okay, whatever. So she gets kidnapped by that, and she gets brought to a castle, and... Boy, I just realized I said that out loud. She gets brought to a castle, and Anthony Hopkins is there. Anthony Hopkins is in a Transformers movie. This is one of the greatest actors I've ever seen. He's been in The Elephant Man, in Silence of the Lambs. 
I don't know what else. And he's just... That's all that matters, yeah, really. really that yeah, matters. He's, a, he's a really good actor. Honestly, the man's got incredible talent. He's one of the ones where it's like, if I had this guy narrating my life, it probably wouldn't be so bad. And here he is. And I remember you told me, uh, after I saw him in the movie, I thought, oh, he's going to play King Arthur. No, he doesn't. Uh, I, you told me after the movie he was interviewed, he was like, no, I haven't got the foggiest idea what Transformers is about. This was after he made the movie. You would think reading the script, he would have some sort of clue as to what he was doing. I was like, that doesn't bode well. And turns out, no, indeed, it does not bode well. Not at all. Because he is completely off his nut in this movie. He is just so bizarre with what he's saying. Like, his role is to give a whole bunch of exposition say, this is how it was in the Dark Ages, and man comes together with chaos in order to create power and work with the Transformers. And you've really got no idea what he's talking about. And he'll just... At one point, he calls... Cade Yeager, dude. And he's he, not even like, well, it's not going to go according to plan, dude. It's like, haven't you ever thought about where you came from, dude? And I'm just like, why, why did you do that? Why did you say that? It's as out of place as when like, Robin Williams was like, I'm in the mood to help you, dude. And I was just like, why on earth did you do that? And the, the entire movie, he's like that. The entire movie, he's just this weird. And in, off the wall, just, I have no idea why he kidnapped that girl, too. Oh, wait, no, I, okay, never mind. I just remembered. Oh, you know exactly why oh, he kidnapped God. her. I for I for he could have just sent a letter. Anyway, she's yeah. kidnapped by a car. <laughs> Wait, how the hell did Cade Yeager get there? Because Cade Yeager shows up too. Um, uh, it's it's a it's a oh, I remember how. Okay, so we're gonna back it up a bit here. Oh, so remember yeah, so remember the cool shootout they had in the the deserted city. Yeah, that was how there could for I possibly reason. forget? And just remind you about that scene. We had a whole five minutes about how those robots are so bad they shouldn't oh, be released from prison. Right, 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 right. And then okay, they all it, lose and run it. away, and they have yeah. to send in fucking okay, drones to you, finish you, it off. You, you got me. No, 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 no. I want you to describe Cogman to me. I want well, you to do it. I, I'm happy that you looked up his name because I wasn't going to do it. So, Cade Yeager and his friend and Isabella for some reason and her little blue robot that rolls around and beeps just like another movie that I saw decide to explore around for some reason some bullshit they're looking for something they never really describe it they already have the talisman which is weird because it like crawls up your arm doesn't make a difference I don't know why I mentioned it (laughs) and they're being hunted by the military and then they meet a little (laughs) robot man and the little robot man is a robot butler his name is Cogman and he's voiced by the butler from Downton Abbey He's in this movie, and he's, like, the worst character. He's terrible, and the worst part about it is you can see, like, in your head, Michael Bay, like, looking at all the character sketch sheets and all, like, the storyboards and saying, yep, that's the character that people are going to walk away from and say, yeah, he was the best part of the movie. He's not, he's, like, the worst part of the movie. He's, like, the entire time he doesn't really say anything funny or do anything funny or do anything entertaining or cool. He just, I think he sort of kidnaps Kate Yeager too or at least he just I don't know somehow he convinces him it's like listen you've got a talisman and you need to bring it to Anthony Hopkins so Kate Yeager I think at that point goes oh that seems like a good idea and he drives to uh, a castle in England he probably would have to fly there wouldn't he hey you know a recurring theme in these movies 
that Michael Bay has literally no sense of location. Yeah, like, I gotta... you never know like what country we has it been days? Was it an hour ago? Who knows? Where's that junkyard at? They were just in Chicago. Now we're in England. Whatever. Oh, we'll be maybe, in space. Maybe he gets there so quickly because he takes that transformer who goes who becomes a jet and he teleports him there. Don't you dare bring that up to me ever again. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. Don't you fuck. So he Next just scene. he just goes up to the castle, he talks to Anthony Hopkins, and he sees the girl. She's rolling down a hill for some reason. I don't really know why. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, she was she was rolling down a hill for and it wasn't really funny. She was just rolling down a hill. It's like in Princess Bride when she's rolling down the hill, except that was funny and cute and charming and this is Transformers 5. This is like, neither, yes. So <laughs> so six hours into the movie, uh, they're inside of the castle, and they're talking to Anthony Hopkins about the Transformers. And the British woman was uh, wearing a stripper dress, in the words of Kate I Yeager. I just wanted to remind you that her name is Vivian Wembley. Because she's <laughs> British. That's why her name is Wembley. Vivian Wembley. He went with the... <laughs> Fucking kill myself. Might as well call her Vivian Puffercox. So, <laughs> Vivian Wembley is wearing a stripper dress. Because, uh, you know, I've never met a hotter woman than someone with a PhD in English history. So Same, but any woman. <laughs> and she's, she's sitting there talking to Mark Wahlberg, and they don't get along very well. And he's distracted by her stripper dress and she sarcastically responds is like if my dress makes you so uncomfortable maybe i could take it off and i was like that doesn't seem like a very good retort is this the point where he disrespects her and then the robot butler tries to choke the life out of him yeah that, that was supposed weird to be funny that was that was really that was actually kind of violent too it was just like so like what they a tease character. that he's like this unhinged violent robot right right hey guess what else never pays off in the end of this fucking movie Oh, yeah. Well, I it's not it. like we were going to so. see him go all Rafiki at the end of the movie and destroy Quintessa or whatever. But. Yeah, because that's how movies work. So why would that happen here? I this think... isn't a movie. It's a nightmare, and I can't wake up, Chris. It I keeps on going, up. and I, I, I'm not sure if this is what happens. Hang on, what is it? I actually have to look the, at the sheet here. It says, "Well, why you look? I just want to let you know I didn't do this. I'm not the brave soul." But I know I went. To, I just times, realized I, I know I went way too oh, far no. because it gets to Cade, Vivian, Cogman, Burton, and Bumblebee locate the old submarine HMS Elias. I just <laughs> like I went too far. <laughs> Uh, someone literally timed it on the second watch, and all of Anthony Hopkins' exposition literally lasts thirty minutes. What the of fuck? Him just explaining all of this shit. Yeah, so we're, we're getting into scene. an Anthony Hopkins explained thing, and he goes there and he explains to them that they're part of the Wit Wiccan Order. Uh, oh my god, I will slit my own throat. Yeah, which uh, has started since the time of King Arthur. This is where, this is a really important part, and people need to talk about this. And this is why I'm not doing one of those reviews where it's like, yeah, it was really loud and annoying, I give it an F+. No, there's something else to this movie. It goes beyond being loud and boring and obnoxious and terribly made and a sign of everything that's wrong with movies today. This is where the movie became insulting as fuck. The Wit Wiccan Order started Stop in the time of King that. Arthur. The idea of this order is it's a secret society to prevent the exposure of the Transformers. Such members have included Mahatma Gandhi, Albert Einstein, the Marx Brothers, Abraham Lincoln, and to this movie's eternal shame, Harriet 
Tubman. Harriet Tubman, for, for the people listening in other countries, Harriet Tubman was an American, no, not even American, a human hero. This is a real superhero, all right? She went and she freed the slaves and she was bringing them along on the Underground Railroad. She was one of the most important figures in existence. She, she saved so many innocent lives. Her name should be shouted down from the hilltop. She belongs on a coin or a dollar bill or something. She deserves her name to be sung with praise whenever it's said. In this I mean, movie... The implication here the is that Michael Bay thought it was literally a railroad. So there's I, probably a giant train Autobot taking slaves up north. I think you're right. I it, That's what led to a Vulture.com article where I couldn't tell if it was serious or not. It's whatever. It, it, it did bring up some good points. I didn't like it. It said, did the Transformers do enough to stop slavery? It's like, that's not the issue here. That's not the Sorry. issue. The issue is that he made one of the most important figures in human history, a, a real gentle, kind, important person that everyone needs to learn about in history class. And she was just a pawn in the, in the franchise of Transformers. That is so insulting. I, I really, that that is one of the most terrible things I've ever seen in a movie. It's about as insulting as everything in a Serbian film. Well, look, Chris, as a resident of Texas, I know our textbooks aren't the most accurate, yeah. but I don't ever remember reading about Bumblebee attacking Nazis. Can you shine some insight uh, from your northern aggression So state? that was another thing that apparently happened in history. The Holocaust... That's a product of the Decepticons, apparently. Why didn't they just stop the Holocaust? That would be that would be the first thing I would do if I was Optimus Prime and I was like, we have to defend fucking... Ugh. The more I think about this... No, no, say it out loud. Have these awful thoughts and just live Optimus with Optimus Prime has to save all the Jews in World War II, not in the history books. You think they would have made, like, one of those propaganda shorts in the U.S. about, and if you're riding a Transformer, make sure not to ride the clutch, or something like that. <laughs> we don't get anything like that. Apparently, that's just a secret order that's really good at keeping secrets. Have we ever seen a human part of this thing besides... Fucking Harriet Tubman. I, God. Hey, Chris, say what you want about the Decepticons, but the trains ran on time, all right? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I hate myself. I, how do you think I feel? So I'm just sitting there, just sort of like slack jawed for most of the movie. That part happens, my jaw hits the floor. I have to pick my job, reset it into place. I'm, I'm looking around at other people like, you guys fucking see this shit? And like, no one's talking. No, everyone's just staring at the screen like, huh? Yeah, that's normal. You know, I've seen shit like that before. And I'm just like, what? No, no, that can't be real. And then you tell me that in Transformers, I don't know, Transformers 8 or something, they go to the moon and they just like turns oh, yeah, out the Transformers do. built the pyramids or something like that. And, and, and the next movie, everyone's going to be a Transformer. Why, why even have humans? Why even say that humans can do anything? Let's all rely on the giant robots to transform into fast cars. Everyone's looking at the screen like, uh-huh, of course there's a black woman involved in a typical PC movie. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage. Chris, how many cat catastrophic world events do you think were caused by Decepticons? All of them. It has to be all of them. Well, all of them since the time of King Arthur. Or Chris, maybe you know I'm going to ask you. Someone should come out and say it. Do you think 9-11 was an inside job from Megatron? Oh my god, do you think that Building 7 was a Decepticon? Jet fuel can't melt Energon, Chris. 
<laughs> uh, it was Transformium, and you know it. <laughs> oh my god. Don't Robot Jesse Ventura <laughs> investigating the Witwickens. <laughs> Holy piss. <laughs> Oh my god. In the next movie, Alec Jones is going to star as himself, and instead of complaining about the globalists, he's going to talk about, listen, you go to rawpaul.com, you learn about the Decepticon army. Vitality Transformium. <laughs> oh my god. So It's funny because he can't see his kids. <laughs> he doesn't deserve to. Uh, moving on, we have to move on, because this... No. I don't want to think about it more. Hey, do you want one more fun fact about that Nazi scene? No, what? What? They filmed that at Winston Churchill's house, so they fucking hung Nazi flags from Winston Churchill's oh house. Oh my god. Thank oh you, my IMDb. god, you're right. I know Thank you're right because you so I read an article about it, and the worst part about it is that his descendants were. His descendants, like his grandkids or whatever, they okayed it. Well, yeah, because they know the secret. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> the secret war that's gone on for thousands of years. How come the last remaining member of the Witwicken Society is Anthony Hopkins, and he's just some old rich guy? Because apparently Shia LaBeouf just died in this timeline. Wait, was his name Witwicken or you, or Witwicky? Oh, it's Witwicky. Witwicky. All right, I thought it was just like I your guess Texas it's just accent. A clever pun. <laughs> How dare you? How about that wit wiki society? That Harriet Tubman, I know she was up the wit wiki wild wild west. Jim West. (laughs) I genuinely couldn't tell. I didn't want to correct you. I was like, "Um, well, I see in the fifth movie. So, oh, I dare you to try and correct me on one of these movies. So it's the wit wiki society, which the entire time I was like, so it's just a funny witch, and I was like, I can't write that up. Oh, so I decided I'd save it for the podcast. Boo. Yeah. Um. So whatever happens after that, anyway. Uh, so you're probably like, asking yourself, you two, hey, also what does Merlin have society? to do with this? And Mark Wahlberg's like, no, I'm not. I told the government all about the Transformers. I don't want them to get the Transformers. And Vivian Wembley is like, what's a Transformer? Which, as she's been captured by a Transformer and been tended to by the stupid ass butler. Oh yeah, there's also a Transformer with a French accent. Oh, you mean Hot Rod? You know his name. Hey, he's actually really important in like the 80s stuff, but let me ask you a question. When you think of hot rods, do you think of French accents? No. Do you also think of having a gun that can slow down time that is never once explained? Did he even use that in the movie? Oh, yeah. That comes up near the end. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. I mean, it's all a blur of lights. Oh, we'll get there. That's going to be a learning experience for me. Chris, you're probably asking yourself, hey... He's what does Merlin have to do with literally any of this? Oh well, I'd thank love you for you to tell me. Back on track, so I got you. He's explaining the Witwicked Society to them and telling them they're a part of it. And as he's explaining it, the robot butler is like playing the organ and doing like a choral voice oh. and stuff. He's like, "I was trying to make the moment more epic," and I was like looking around at people. I was like, "You guys are okay with this? No one's leaving. What are we, what are we doing, guys? We should be we should be riding in the streets." No one rioted in the streets. They just ate more popcorn and we watched the movie. And, and then he uh, does it he again. Cade Yeager is a descendant of King Arthur. I, <laughs> I think. I Look, I'm, I'm guessing at this point. I literally don't remember. And Vivian Wembley is a descendant of Merlin. And she's like, no, I'm not. That's poppycock. That can't be real. And he opens up a history book and he opens it as like direct timeline of of Merlin and it's just like a, a straight line and it just goes right to a full page of her face 
first of all, why is the why is her picture as big as an entire page? Second of all, <laughs> where did they get that picture? Who took that picture and put it into a history book? It's a really good question. <laughs> the movie keeps on going. So seven hours into the movie, they're like, "Well, uh, I guess we're royalty." I don't. I think Vivian Wembley like still doesn't believe it or something like that. I don't know. I wasn't really like. Oh yeah, attention. it takes her like eight different tries of like meeting with robots and using a magic staff to be like, oh, "I don't know about all this." I had. I okay. So <laughs> you I, got kidnapped by a robot car, and there's a robot butler, and I. I'm fine. I couldn't. Continue. I couldn't really remember what happened next, but I just looked at the at the synopsis. And I just got to in a flashback. We see the Transformers help American soldiers fight against the Nazis in the World War II. It's like, oh, I went back too far. I had to remember that. So uh, she. There's also the Staff of Merlin, which is that big stick they can use to summon dragons and stuff. And he's like, well, that would probably be helpful. So uh, her father had kept this a secret from her up until his death. So he must have been part of the Witwickens. Because he's not telling his daughter about the big giant robots that transform into fast cars. Do you remember how she has a bad memory of her father? Because one time when she was young, she oh, like, yeah. kicked her out of his study. Oh and my god! It. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't, did you see the movie Trumbo? No, I don't see good movies. I yeah, it had Brian Cranston. He was nominated for an Oscar. It's about the award-winning screenplay guy who was also a communist. And there's a really <laughs> hard to watch scene in there where the father is typing up a screenplay on a typewriter in his bathtub and it's his daughter's birthday and he won't even go to his daughter's birthday and he makes his daughter cry and i was just like man that you know it's not like he's beating her or even emotionally abusing her but it's just a really hard to watch scene it just shows how difficult sometimes life could be in a family they got this and she was like playing around in his tell he's like no 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 daddy's doing work get out and she's like i never liked my father meanwhile I've she never gone to that study ever since i tell you i just <laughs> i just work in a museum and talk about all the stuff he studied exactly she does the exact same thing that he, that he did so she can't dislike him that much so anyway she decides to go into his study and in the span of what was it seven seconds seven and a half seconds she finds like his secrets and stuff so that didn't take oh long i've long. got this mapped out for you just because i want you to remember it so chris remember she remembers a pop-up book right oh my god I just... and inside that pop-up book there's a hidden address and that address leads to a military museum and in that museum is a submarine that only she can operate and that's what takes him to the sunken spaceship so do i have any questions they... <laughs> <laughs> any questions at all no that makes complete sense uh oh wait it says according to this hot rod did hold off the trf agents for a brief moment by trapping them in a time-contained bubble i completely yeah that's just a that. thing he does twice and it's never like hey how do you have that witchcraft <laughs> oh my god i just remembered okay so before before the submarine we'll get to that so uh he saw he's like you must be a descendant of king Arthur. he's like me no i'm not and he's like, no, you, Cade Yeager, you are a descendant of King Arthur. <laughs> and he's like, why me? Why, why do I have to do it? And he says it's because he's a noble, honorable, virtuous, uh, pious person who's also nope. a virgin. And they're just they kinda, mostly the celibate, like, right? Really? You, you're a virgin? He's like, look, it's been a while. And I was like, evidently, it's been at least 17 years because you have a 17-year-old daughter. You can't be a virgin. That's not the way it works. I'm not sure the way it works, but I know that's not the way it works. I'm not going to live in a world where Mark Wahlberg doesn't fuck. Exactly. That's first and you foremost, see, okay? When you see him in this movie, he, he doesn't look bad. He still looks like Mark Wahlberg, so at some point, this dude has beat the guppy. So, he's definitely <laughs> a you. sex haver. 
anyway, they, they're just kind of looking at him like, oh, you, you've never plumbed the depths. And he's just like, uh, no, no random stabbings for me lately. And Jesus. Christ. anyway, that's, uh, I, it, I, I bring that up because I, I looked at this and I saw two sentences. Burton then explains the talisman, which has wrapped itself around Cade. It chose him because it considers him an honorable man. <laughs> <laughs> so they get into this ancient submarine and uh, they... <laughs> they, Shit, they <laughs> so this movie's like been going on. I'm, I'm like, I wish I had my phone on at this point. I was like, how long have I been in the sticking theater? And uh, they're... They're piloting the submarine around. They're not even listening to the Beatles as they do it. And for some reason, they decide this would be a good time for a romantic moment. They sit down at a table. They have no chemistry whatsoever. They've been bickering with each other the entire time. And fucking... They, they, they just have, like, uh, Cogman, the robot butler, sit them down for a romantic dinner with, like, candlelight and stuff. And they look at each other like... Hey, Good, oh, good, oh, puppy, go, 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 oh, well, a man and a woman, and, you know, a table is like, is this a date? And I'm like, guys, there's, there's giant robots. Hey, isn't that, like, where your attention ought to be? Like, I mean, come on, there's giant robots. You're in a submarine. You're looking for, a, I, what are they looking for? I have to look here. They look at the old submarine. They're, they're looking for Merlin's staff. Yeah, they're mer- looking for, oh, God, why could he, why did he drop it in the ocean? So. Why is his grave in a robot ship in the bottom? Yeah, of the they are ocean. taken to the bottom of the ocean where they find a machine and the staff in a chamber. You, you can tell that I'm reading this, and this is because it, well, it became let me really help you hard something. to follow. All right, go ahead. See, you missed something with Anthony Hopkins. He doesn't go with them. He has to leave the submarine so he can go to Stonehenge. Oh my God, I forgot about. So yeah, he goes to Stonehenge and then he leaves. <laughs> right? Doesn't he leave? No, they... he fucking dies. What? Hold up now. He gets blown up at Stonehenge, remember? Oh, yeah, whatever. I don't fucking... Okay, yeah, so... Anthony Hopkins gets hit by Megatron and does a fucking backflip in the air and dies. And his robot calls him a cool dude. (laughs) 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 Fucking killed him. I forgot about that the robot butler called him a cool dude. I just remembered Anthony Hopkins saying bitch and car and my eyes started rolling back in my head. Oh, Are we still here? This is fucking... Okay, so is they find the staff, right? Vivian goes for the staff uh, and they... The Night Skulletron. That's what it's called? The Night yeah, Skulletron sure. awakens and attacks everyone. Oh yeah, there are other knights there. They're like night transformers. They have swords and stuff. And they start attacking everyone, which is big trouble. And uh, she goes for the staff brings the machine up to the surface, Optimus Prime shows up, he's like, give me the staff, and uh, Mark Wahlberg's like, he's a giant sorry, robot, just he give just, it to him. He just went right past that, Optimus Prime shows up, yeah, Optimus two Prime. hours into the fucking movie. Yeah, you, you may remember a good, uh, three hours ago, I mentioned Optimus Prime was in outer space, anyway, he comes back, and he's like, give me the stick, and uh, he, he's like, yeah, he's a giant robot, you should just give him the stick, and she gives him the stick, and he's like, He's still Nemesis. Oh, sorry. That was Nemesis Prime. It's not Optimus Prime. There's a big difference. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. And uh, he, he's like, I'm going to give it to Quintessa so she can uh, take the Earth's core energy and transfer it to Cybertron, which would fry all human life. Optimus then fights Bumblebee. Okay. So he's fighting Bumblebee. <laughs> 
Bumblebee and Optimus Prime or Nemesis Prime are fighting and throughout the movie Bumblebee doesn't have like a real voice like he just takes his voices from the radio or something like that and it's never really funny or entertaining or meaningful and I couldn't even tell that that wasn't his real voice because all the voices sound the same anyway and he's fighting Optimus Prime and then Optimus Nemesis Prime gets the Thank upper you. hand on him Thank you. and he's about to kill <laughs> Bumblebee, except you can't kill Bumblebee because he was. We already saw him get killed in the first like thirty minutes of the movie. Then he just reassembled himself, and Mark Wahlberg was like, "Hey, yeah, which by the way, that's sick. never a thing he's been able to do up until now." Well, apparently he know. wasn't even in any danger when Nemesis Prime was attacking him. I mean, Bumblebee was like, "I am Bumblebee. I am your oldest friend. I would lay down my life for you." And Nemesis Prime was like, "I haven't heard that voice in thirty years." And I was just like. That couldn't have been, you know, that long ago. And it talks just, in the first fucking movie. Yeah, and you know, immediately. Why did I waste my time? It doesn't matter. And immediately, I, I, I think of another movie that you and I saw that stars two Supermen fighting it out until one of them God. says, "Damn it, Martha." Why did you say that name, my <laughs> oldest friend? <laughs> So th- it was a complete. I haven't Martha heard moment. Martha said Cybertron. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate this movie. Anyway, so this movie steals from its fifth movie by this point, and it's they have a complete Martha moment. And Nemesis Prime is in the movie for a total of two minutes and transforms back into Optimus Prime, so I can stop mixing him up. And uh, Optimus Prime is like, uh, "All right, let's be good guys now." And they fight off the knights. And Cade Yeager has a giant sword, and he's fighting off the Transformer Knights. He's doing a pretty good job of it, except it's filmed in slow motion. I don't care about anyone or anything that's happening. Um, and then I have to look back at this. Then there's a final battle. It comes to Stonehenge. Okay, the and the Knights give up to Kate, apparently. And Megatron and Quintessa, who are how did they start? How did it Okay, whatever. Megatron and Quintessa, same side right now. They're initiating their attack on Earth. Cybertron begins to tear through various parts of Earth. Why is it doing that? I don't know. The TRF. I, what does that stand for? I love you've gone through this whole movie without mentioning that Earth is Unicron, which is a thing that's super important. Oh, I thought that was going to come in at the very end. Um, they say it like the first ten minutes. Oh, I don't care. And uh, the TRF decides to join forces with the Autobots. <laughs> also arriving to the fight are Jimmy? Who's Jimmy? Isabella and the rest of the Autobots. Who the fuck is Jimmy? I have no idea who Jimmy. So Jimmy Neutron shows up with Isabella and the rest of the Autobots. Got a blast in the chaos. God damn it. Megatron. What was his superhero friend's name? Wait, what? Oh, God. I don't remember. His friend that was obsessed with that superhero. I, 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 I really don't remember. Fine. Cut this out then. <laughs> I'm not going to Google it. fucking kid. In the chaos, Megatron kills Anthony Hopkins, who dies by Cogman at his side. You are the coolest dude. Uh, as the heroes attempt to stop the machine, which, by the way, okay, that that's like as the heroes attempt to stop the machine. That's like eight words or whatever. I, I had no idea what was going on. I, I, I had no idea. It was, I, at that point, it's a, it's a final third of the movie. I'm just like, I got nothing. I, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know who's fighting who. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand it. Uh, Quintessa sends out the Inferno Cons. I don't know what those are. I, what the you fuck? don't know what an Inferno Con is. I don't know You're what an Inferno You're just saying words. And it has a massive gun shooting at them. Uh, Lennox tries to pull everyone back as it is way too... Who's Lennox? 
He sounds like a military guy. Uh, Isabella probably, sends... Probably the guy from the first oh, movie. Oh, God, this moment. So Isabella sends out... The, the, the stupid little blue robot's just name say, is... Just say BBA. You know you want to. No, its name is Squeaks. I'm not saying Squeaks. Its name is Squeaks to destroy the gun. So it can do that, apparently. So it did have a purpose in the movie. God, I don't know. The Infernocons go after Optimus, <laughs> but he decapitates all of them in one swift motion. You'd think I would remember that, right? I do, because it was in the trailer. I was like, oh, that part looks interesting. No, I, I, as soon as that's I saw it. King Arthur was it, that's all I paid attention to. I was like, oh, I'm going to show that one in theaters. Uh, oh, that paid off, yeah, huh? Yeah, boy. Uh, we we all live and learn, if you call it living. Um, <laughs> within Cybertron, so within Cybertron, how'd they get, whatever. The Autobots yeah, because Cybertron's just being pulled towards Earth somehow. Well, Vivian attempts to regain the staff. Optimus chops off Megatron's arm. Don't remember that. Before he kills again. No. And then Optimus kicks Megatron out and sends him plummeting back to Earth. Don't remember that. Vivian, so I'll get you next time, Vivian nearly falls to her doom, but Hot Rod freezes time again and helps her get closer to the set. I really don't remember that. I don't it's remember any of It's a fucking blur of bright lights and stupid shit. Yeah, that's every single part of this movie. Optimus confronts Quintessa. She's probably not in a good mood right now. Who holds him back until Bumblebee comes from behind and seemingly destroys her. How dare you. Vivian then takes control of the staff and stops the machine because Merlin would do that. She just picks up the staff and then everything stops and that's the end of yeah, it. Yeah, because she's Merlin's descendant. God. Only Merlin's DNA. Yeah, that's or the way it something. Works. She literally just picks it up and it's like, oh, okay, guys, planet's okay now. Fucking hell. Anyway, Earth. You. Oh wait, at some point there was like a three-headed uh, robot dragon that came in, right? Yeah. Even though it looked like Optimus killed like four of those knights. I. Th- but yeah. Th- I don't know. Then they were all there. He rode in on a giant dragon. Yeah, it was in the movie for some reason. Uh, Earth is saved Correct. once again. Cade and Vivian make plans to go on a date. What the fuck is with this <laughs> stupid movie? And Kate takes Isabella in so she can have a real family again. Optimus sends a call to all Autobots as he realizes that Earth has been an Oisibopius home. <laughs> he for five <laughs> goddamn movies, but guys, it's cool here. And there is a, a what is it like a? I would say a mid-credit scene. It's, it's literally after like, like two a, names. They can't even do a credit scene. It's like right. a pre-credit scene, really. It's like while the like directed by Michael Bay. On, also, like, here's a scene. We really want you to pay attention to the second unit director. So we're gonna have uh, there. Earth is Unicron, which I don't even know what that means. And it's just, someone just misspelled Unicorn, and Michael Bay's like, put it in the movie. And they're unloading like Unicron from the desert or something like that. And you see this uh, this kind of cute lady just walking around in the desert, and she's like talking to the machine or whatever. Turns out that's Quintessa. She took a human disguise because you can do that. Like in the second movie when Sam Witwicky was dry humping a Decepticon. Fucking. I'm gonna show you that scene one day. Yeah, she had no, you're not. And she's she's she says she has a, a way threat. to destroy Unicron. Uh, we then see what appears to be a massive mechanical horn sticking out of the ground. No Lincoln Park. Parker, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there were some ups and downs, but I'm going to have to go five stars. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. You just turned your brain off, Chris. You know, I <laughs> like this movie. I, you know, some of the scenes didn't make a whole lot of sense, but, you know, you're supposed to have fun with the movie. Movies are just supposed to be fun. I got to give it a B plus. I hated every single minute of this movie, start to finish. 
it's one of those movies where I, as soon as you mentioned that it was one of the worst movies that you had seen in theaters, you had mentioned that to me, I think, via text. And at first I had to go hard out. I had to be like, oh, I've seen In the Land of Women, Mr. Magoo, Inspector Gadget, Last Airbender, stuff like that. I've seen all Cop Out. I've seen all these terrible movies in theaters and I, I've, I'm used to it. I've seen great movies in theaters. I've seen terrible ones. And I was like, there's no way a Transformers 5 is going to measure up with these. Transformers 5 is probably the worst. And that says a lot considering that, again, the ones that I mentioned are just terrible, terrible movies. This is one, though, where it's a lot more painful because most of those that I mentioned, they're not really that long. You know, you can get out of there. You can just say, oh, that was terrible. And just tell someone, oh, that was terrible. This is one where it keeps on going. The first 10 minutes in, and I was just like, can I leave? And I, no, I, I had to sit through it for podcast purposes. And the more I watched it, the more I hate it. And the worst part was that I saw it at a theater I really liked. It was the Alamo Draft House, and I got a big old beer. And I, I, I don't even remember. I was eating like one of the big, you know, it's the pretzels with the beer cheese. And I was like, yeah, oh, so no way this could possibly go wrong. Oh, it was awful it just kept on going and it almost ruined alamo draft house for me and it did worse than that as i was walking out i was like i don't want to watch a movie i don't like i was like i should like when i was i had planned on going home and watching i i think i was planning on watching like this old chinese movie or something i don't want to watch it now i don't want to watch any movie i was like i don't want to watch movies now it kind of turned me off of movies now that, that it didn't last and when i got home it was like i think it took me like a day or two to let the pain go away. It was it was actually after we recorded part one. I, I watched Swamp Thing and I watched uh, Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. Um, <laughs> they were they're actually both pretty good. They were certainly a lot better than Transformers Five. It's oh boy, it was just so painful to sit through. And, and again, not just long, loud, boring, obnoxious, confusing, stupid, and representative of all the problems with Hollywood today but really insulting. As soon as we got to the Harriet Tubman part, I was like, wow, I didn't know it was going to be that bad. Can you imagine how goddamn angry I am that I watched the other four movies and nothing in any of those mattered whatsoever? I think that... We basically went in on an equal playing field, knowledge-wise, and you didn't watch four fucking movies. And each one of those is like two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, you keep complaining about how this one went forever. It's the second shortest one out of the five. So imagine how angry it was. My expectations were that low, and it was still one of the worst things I've ever seen in a theater. How do you think Michael Bay defends this? And it, it, besides, like, made a lot of money. What are you going to do? Isn't this the I same mean, guy who made the the Benghazi movie? It sure is. Feature episode. <laughs> God damn it. Jim from The Office in Benghazi. I, it's funny, I was I was going along, and I was like, this is so bad. As soon as I walked out of the theater, I was like, this is so bad. No one could possibly defend this, right? So I went on to Rotten Tomatoes, and the real benefit of Rotten Tomatoes is not looking at the number, because, I, I don't know, I looked at the number for Transformers 5, it was like 15%. That doesn't mean anything. You, you look at the reviews themselves, because you, you'll see, like, who gave this a positive review? And one of the positive reviews was by Sonny Bunch, who on occasion has argued that the Empire in Star Wars was actually the good guys. Oh. So, uh, cool oh guy. Uh, he gave it a, a 4 out of 4, 
And I was like, what could he possibly mean? And it turns out it was like one of those joke reviews. He's like, I, I can't give it anything other than a four out of four besides a zero out of four. It's, it goes beyond movies. This is an endurance test or something like that. I was like, why don't you give it a four stars? Just looking for attention. Um, but most of the reviews are like a three out of five. And they're, they're the usual crap. It's like, oh, it's a popcorn movie. Just turn your brain off. It's supposed to be fun. Movies are supposed to be a lot more than fun. Transformers The Force Awakens was more than fun. It had a good story with good experience. Then there was Rogue One, which was... uh, Wait, did you say Transformers The Force Awakens? Oh my god. (laughs) I feel like you did. I think I probably did. I'm not going to edit it or change it or anything. I'm just going to... Whatever. Thank Um, you. Yeah, it's... People were saying, yeah, you know, it's three out of five. That's technically a positive review. You're part of the problem when you do something like that. But... Most I don't of the understand reviews didn't go into detail. Who this is for? Most of the reviews are just like, boy, it's loud and it's long. It's boy because you know they must have like a word limit of like five hundred words or something like that. I was like, man, the kids these days they're not going to read the whole thing. They, I think that this podcast, the the several hours that we spent on it, to let you know exactly what these movies are doing. I went back and I watched two Red Letter Media half in the bag reviews i gotta mention them the first one i watched was the one about the transformers 5 the one we just watched they put uh three different video reviews of that each one has the same conceit it begins with hi welcome to red letter media we're going to talk about transformers last night no we're not and it just cuts to black for like 18 minutes it's a good joke and they do it three times still funny for each one of them i honestly it's a good idea personally i can't do something like that i i can't in good conscience do something like that a i've got a sense of professionalism and b i had to mention the harriet tubman scene the other one i watched was what was it the third one or the fourth i don't fucking know all these movies are the same and they're they're talking about the movie and they did have a really good idea for it which we we should have done for this where they watched it in shifts uh, one of them watched the first part of the movie, the other one watched the second part of the movie, they tried to piece together the awful stuff that they had seen. I so would have called dibs on the first part of this movie. I had no idea Over what was my going. dead fucking body. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely not. <laughs> I would demand to see King Arthur. Can you imagine how pissed off you'd be if you got to the second part of the movie there was no King Arthur? And then I would have told yeah, you. I can't like imagine. First... I can't imagine, Chris. And then I would have been at the imagine. first part of the movie. I would, <laughs> I would have been like, don't worry. You would have wanted to see him anyway. Regardless. Um, what if they, I had known when I saw Guy Ritchie's King Arthur that that would be the better King Arthur movie I saw this year, I, I would spit in your face. Yeah, exactly. It got to the point where I liked their idea and they were talking about it, but there was something that I, I believe it was uh, Mike. Mike Stoklasa, he's the main guy for it, mentioned something that... He mentioned this phrase twice and it... It seemed to me that it wasn't his phrase of choosing. He wasn't trying to be funny. People have actually used it. The death of cinema. I I, I don't like it. I, I don't like that phrase. I think that's really I think that's a really dumb phrase to use, especially for something like Transformers Three, because Transformers Three was bad. Death of cinema. We had Mad Max later. You know, if Mad Max Fury Road comes out after that movie, clearly cinema's not all that dead. Then we had, like, Logan and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. There's some really great movies that came after that. Cinema's not dead. But then I saw this. It's not the death of cinema, but it is representative of something that's really desperately wrong. I'm not I'm not trying to pretend like, oh, back in the golden age of cinema, all movies were good back in the 50s. There were some terrible movies back in the 50s. But 
you know, they're the little cheap ones, you know, not that big of a deal. But now we're, we're spending all this money to make Transformers 5 instead of a, a great movie like Colossal. We're going to see Transformers 5 instead of a movie like Colossal. It's all my fault. I you paid and I gave money, money to see this. You and I paid top dollar opening weekend. I, I also paid money to see your name in theaters three times. And I felt so happy with myself. I paid money to see Mad Max, like, what, twice? And I only paid money to see Colossal once. That was all I needed. And I saw this, and I felt, oh my god, I'm not making a difference at all. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm canceling out my vote, you know? My vote should be toward, towards a movie like Logan or Get Out. Instead, it's going to Transformers 5. And to be fair, you showed me how much these movies have made. You're like, no wonder Steven Spielberg put his name on this. No wonder Anthony Hopkins took a role in this movie to pay off his new Bentley. It's it's all for the money. It's not about the art. It's for the money. And I know that Steven Spielberg's probably going to use this money to make another classic, the most cherished director of any time. But this is going to make a whole lot more money in China, too. And they're just going to take it on the chin. And if Trump really wanted to go after China for something, oh, really, he could just go after, listen, they went in droves to see Transformers 5. Over here, we got good movies. We got Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> oh, my God. Chris, I have exciting news for you. What's the exciting news? It bombed in China, too. We did it. Oh, are you serious? We might finally be free. Oh, that, that is... Oh, that is miraculous news. Finally, the Chinese like, do something right. I've grown up in Texas my whole life, and despite that, I, I think I'm pretty tolerant. But if those fucking Chinese people had made me see a Bumblebee movie next year, it was going to get bad. It was going to get real bad. We're going to have to have a lot of talks off mic about what to do with me. It was going to get bad. Right. I, I the, the talks are in place for what a, Bumble, a Bumblebee standalone movie. How could you not want to see that? Easily, actually. Yeah, it's like, fuck it, stupid-ass character. He didn't even do anything cool. He's just a car. He doesn't even have a voice for most of the movie. He's just stealing, like, radio bits. Why was there a robot with, like, a robot beard? It had, like, little, like, whatever, like, little nuts and bolts for his beard. And it had, like, a robot cigar, too. It's the dumbest shit I ever saw in my life. Because that's funny, I guess. No, it's not. Nothing in this movie is funny. There isn't a single funny moment in this entire movie. It kept throwing jokes like it was throwing pies at a Three Stooges convention, and every single pie hit the floor. There was a banana cream on anyone's face. (laughs) But there was egg on my face, let me tell you. (laughs) Like, there was a part of me that didn't want to do these podcasts, but if I didn't get all of this out of me, it would have just eaten away at my sanity. And These movies have been in my brain for like two weeks now and just eroded me. Exactly. As soon as I post these online, I'm never going to think about these again, or at least I'm going to try not to. I'm sure that I'll post a piece for terribleblog.net. Make sure to visit the site, turn off Adblocker. At like the end of the year for like worst movies of the year, Transformers 5 has got to be at the top. I don't, I don't know how anyone can top this. I don't know what like, could be worse than this. There's so much. There's so much we didn't mention. It gets so much worse. We breeze right past Cogman singing Ludacris's move bitch while Anthony Hopkins flips someone off in a car. I completely forgot that. Yeah, you did. Well, there... We didn't even mention Tony Hale's character, which made me want to eat cyanide in the theater. Was t- Okay, Tony Hill. Is he the guy from Arrested Development? 
He sure is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got no idea why he was in the movie. That's why I didn't mention him. You know, I don't even think that he's in the uh, synopsis here, even though the movie keeps bringing him up like he's a big deal. He looks like he's the Jeff Goldblum character from Independence Day. I, I, I don't know. Okay. 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 So basically it's like this uh uh scientists he's one of the scientists they find cybertron out in the out in the outer space and he's just like oh cybertron that's bad news for earth and all the generals are like oh listen to the science boy talking his little science shit i don't hear about that in the bible that ain't in the old testament he's like no you don't understand it's going to destroy us all and cybertron starts destroying them all he's like you didn't listen to me you should go with my plan and the military is like no we're going to go in there we're going to kill the cyber knights or whatever and the military goes in and does it and he's like why don't you try some science for once and he's like you should go with my idea I don't know what his idea was like I can't stress enough that the whole plot of this movie is that earth is Unicron which is actually a giant planet sized transformer but it can't transform because it's earth so thanks for nothing and Cybertron is just careening and about to collide with it that's the entire plot of the movie in the last 30 minutes it's just explosions and robots, and then a girl grabs a staff, and then everything stops, and the movie's over. It's it's just garbage. It is really, really awful, unwatchable garbage, and it's not even just one of those... It, one of the comparisons that I like to make about this is uh, the, the video game reviewer Yahtzee uh, for Escapist. He reviews a whole bunch of games, and he's usually really negative. I, I don't know. I think he's funny. And he reviews the Call of Duty series, and he always gives it a really negative grade. It's like it represents like the stale sort of thing of the video game industry. They're doing the same thing over and over again. And I, I can't blame them. They're making money off of it. But it's like another shooter with the same mechanics and the same guns and the same ideas, and it's really just not interesting anymore. Transformers is like that, but somehow a little bit worse. At least in Call of Duty... Remember that Call of Duty where you, you play as a terrorist? <laughs> that's that's still not as bad as implying that Harriet Tubman's sole purpose in life was to keep the secret of the Transformers. Are you saying Harriet Tubman's Autobot Underground Railroad is more offensive than no Russian? Yeah, you know what? It is it is more offensive. The, the idea that there was a Transformer <laughs> train on the Underground Railroad that just carted all the, all the slaves up to Foxborough so they could run Bill Belichick's offense. <laughs> God, this podcast could literally be four hours long. Yeah, well, let's... Okay, first of all, I was wrong. Bill Belichick would never have a black man in his offense. But I, I have to admit, I was, I was thinking about it, you know... At some point, you have to expect Megatron to demand the release of Aaron Hernandez. You motherfuck. You told me to save that joke. I don't remember the context. <laughs> from the prisoner exchange. Oh, yeah, from the prisoner exchange. Yeah, it's like, I, I should pull up my phone. I actually have that conversation saved. It's, it's like a note that says, oh, make sure to bring this up. Which one of the Transformers was involved with the Manhattan Project? What the fuck? <laughs> Tom Brady is a Decepticon and four games weren't enough. <laughs> that one was you. <laughs> Alright, there we this go. This movie's ruined my life. Yeah, so what other disasters in history? Which 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 ones? Were there Autobots or Decepticons who helped build the Great Wall of China? <laughs> Jesus. The correct answer is Matt Damon, if you've seen that movie. You said it wrong. Try try saying his name again. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon! Matt Damon! 
Well, now that we finally stopped talking about those fast cars that are available at a dealership near you that transform into giant robots, features not included, uh, and I'm never going to think about those ever again, I'd like to shift attention to, finally, a classic movie that even I haven't seen. It's a 1942 movie. You remember, it's the same year that Casablanca came out. It's a movie I've always wanted to see, but I just haven't got around to it. I just don't have the time, even though apparently it's pretty short. So, you know, I've got a weekend. Maybe I can do it. It's called Cat People. It's apparently a real classic. I'd really love to see it, and apparently it just uses shadow really well. And it had, like, a shoestring budget, but it still made a ton of money. When it came out, some of the reviewers are like, oh, well, you know, Cat People, how good could it be? And it ran for so long. It was so popular that those same reviewers who bad-wrapped it initially said, you know, in later reviews, hey, you know what? It actually is really good. I'd love to see it. It's got, you know, actors who went on to be pretty famous or were pretty famous in their own right. And it's considered a classic for, you know, maybe it's not mentioned in the same tone as like the Wolf Band, Frankenstein, Dracula, but it's a movie that is way better than its title. Obviously, a movie with a title like The Cat People, probably not going to win any awards, but indeed it did win a few awards. It is apparently a very great movie. I'd like to get to it. Cat People, Try Scorpion People. Dwayne Johnson, Brendan Fraser, Mummy Trilogy, see you there. God, no! <laughs> 